Everybody loves the Lord. Say amen. amen. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Joshua and the first chapter. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord Jesus, precious Father, Lord Almighty, Holy Ghost, thank you. Yes, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in our midst this week. What you've done for the church. What you've done in the church. Thank you for what you've done with the church. Lord, one more time now, let this water be turned into wine while we pour it out. You're the one that can break the bread and distribute it. Well, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people say it. Somebody turn the heat up, please. Get the heat turned up for us. I'm in Joshua chapter 1. Thank the Lord. Hadn't He been good to us? Amen. From beginning to end, it's been amazing, the marvelous, the glorious, uh, epic meeting. Yes, sir. For the kingdom and an epic meeting for this church. Amen. Thank the Lord for them. We love Pastor Burke and thank God he's running with the torch. Thank the Lord for the servants and the blessings. 35th year of this meeting. We all miss Brother John. Me and my children have talked about him and I call him Brother John with all respect. He was so dear to us and And he loved Preston and the girls, but he loved on Preston. This is a place that we came to and loved to come. Because Brother John and a dozen old men, they just embraced our family. And uh, (laughs) a highlight of my year, because... Cumulative ages of those dozen old men that would sit in there. Together they were about 2,000 years old. <laughs> Brother Troutman and Brother Marion and Brother Derryberry and all of them in there. And then they just made me... They'll never know how they strengthened this preacher. Mm. And, and they'd all ooh and aw and act like they never heard such preaching... And they had. They had heard the greatest. And they'd done some of the greatest. Yes, sir. But they acted like I was the only one that ever preached anything. Yeah, but... And it just strengthened me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I couldn't wait to get here, and then I'd run on it for half the year. Hey. And uh, yeah. thank the Lord. Amen. Being with yeah, Brother Sam and... Rick every year, and Brother David, and the handful of us young men that sat in there. And then this meeting predates my coming. I come in on the last part, really. I guess the last ten years or so, or something like that. But great heritage. 
in them first 10, 15, 20, 25 years, America was different and the times were, were different. And uh, But I'm glad the Lord don't change. Amen. I am the Lord, I change not. Yes. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Thank the Lord. There's no shadow of turning with Him. Praise God. No need to go contemporary to get Americans to come to church. Right. Oh, neighbor. The Lord don't change. I'm in Joshua chapter 1. And again, uh, last night I attempted to preach just 15 to 20 minutes. The wind was blowing last night and our heads were chilly. Oh, somebody get that heat turned up, please. And uh, I was going to let the older ones get out of here, but I'm pretty bad when your short sermon is 50 minutes. <laughs> I couldn't have done so good. I'm proud of that. 50 minutes. Lord have mercy. So tonight again, I'm going to try to keep it to 20 minutes, and I'm pretty sure that that... I'm pretty sure we'll get 20 minutes in. <laughs> Two or three times. Good to see you tonight, Pastor. Thank you for being here. we got new visitors tonight. Yes. Your sister back here brought some of her church people from Albany. And we're glad they're here. And, uh, uh, new faces every night. Yeah. Man, what a blessing. And then some old faces. Some old tired, wore out faces that I've been looking at for many years. Say amen, Brother Jim, Brother John. Praise the Lord. Old, tired, wore out faces. I'm in Joshua chapter 1. Has the Lord been real good to us? Really am going to try to get you to the barbecue shortly and get this cold off of your head. I believe the Lord's answered our prayers. I don't believe you're going to let anybody get sick except people that probably deserve it. (laughs) All the way down. Down to the ground. (laughs) That's my friends encouraging me to move on. (laughs) Thank the Lord. You've got to know how to interpret the Baptist tongue. Back up in, in Tennessee and North Georgia, if you get to struggling, they all, they all, the, the spiritual ones go to dip in their head and they'll say, bless him, Lord, bless him, help him, God. And, uh, if one does it, you're struggling. If five of them do it, you're going to probably close the service. I was preaching. <laughs> True story. I was preaching in Uluwa. <laughs> You don't count, Pastor. You spent too many years in Florida. There's no interpretation down there. I was in Udawal preaching one time, and uh, a whole row of them, and they were what my daddy called super spiritual carnal. They thought they were spiritual. And they were the only ones that thought they were spiritual. But uh, And I changed gears. I just felt like the Lord shifted me and. And I said, let's go to this other passage and I'll pray. Well, they thought I was struggling. And then what was bad? I thought I was hitting a pretty good lick. I thought I was doing good. And all of them like, bless him, Lord. Help him, God. I thought, man, that's discouraging. Lord, don't even, don't, don't hear what they're saying. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1. The Lord will help me. I'm heading for one thought 
in chapter 5 that consists of four verses. But I want to deliver this to you uh, and give you the burden. I want to preach on the, the courage of Christianity. Christian courage. Uh, I want to say something to y'all. We belong to another world and nothing in this world should be you. A lot of our depression is because y'all watch CNN and you listen to country music on the way to work. Come on. That's where your depression's coming from and from the fact that your mom and grandma spoiled you too. That's where a lot of that depression's coming from. Get full of the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Yes, sir. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Turn off all that mess. That depression, you enjoying it too much. I'm in chapter 1. And three times in verse 6 and 7 and 9. Let me read this to you. Now, I'll tell you where this came. You see verse 6? Be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous. See verse 9. See verse 9. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I know Corona came last year and, and communism is coming this year. And Corona put the churches on the threshing floor. And indeed, the Lord gathered up many old servants and many precious preachers. God gathered a bunch of them up. That's right. And Corona put the churches on the threshing floor. Come on, preacher. In 2020. Yes. And communism is going to put the nations on the threshing floor beginning in 2021. And uh, you and I are moving into an hour that we have never been before. Somewhere between God threshing out the churches and God threshing out the nations, He's calling the body of Christ home. Christ is coming for us and the Antichrist is coming after them. I believe that's where we're living. And this spirit of fear is not from God. Can I get a witness right here? Spirit of fear is not from God. Come on. He said, I've given thee a spirit. Not a, uh, how does it go in Timothy? Help me quote that. But a power. But a power. For God, thank you, Brother Lamont, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of fear. And, and, and oh, friend, I opened up. The first day of the year, January the 1st. And uh, I don't always have morning devotions. Most mornings I do. Most mornings I do. But my, uh, I, I travel and, I, and I different things. Most mornings I do. And uh, January the 1st, I got my coffee and I got Spurgeon that particular morning. And uh, it was this verse, Joshua 1.6. Be strong and have a good courage. I sipped my coffee, took in the verse, walked away, had a normal day. Next day, I went to William Gurnall. 800 pages. The Christian in complete armor. And that's been my devotion book for 
several years now. Just take a chunk at a time. It's not a book to read through. Just take a chunk, the old Puritan. The only book he put out, the old Scotsman. And it was a series that he preached to his people, I think, in the 1500s. And uh, the Christian in complete armor. Believe it or not, ten times the depth of Spurgeon. Spurgeon said he dropped his bucket in the well of Gurnall. Well, and and what I do with Gurnall, there's 803 pages. I flip open a page. Honestly, I do, and I stick my finger on it, on and it has paragraphs. And wherever I land, every paragraph will have a scripture reference in it, or two or three. And uh, the first scripture, I, I read this paragraph, and then I go read the chapter of whatever verse he gave. Joshua 1.6. I put my coffee down and paid attention. Two mornings in a row. Come on. And I knew what 2020 had brought us, and here comes 2021. And the Lord told me, be strong and of a good courage. Well, I got to looking in Joshua, and I found chapters 1 through 6. Can I run through it what I found? I'm going to run through just a few things here. I plan on being done with this part in four minutes. That's the plan. And then I'm going to show you something in one chapter. I seen the courage of the servants. Look in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. He called Moses a servant, and Joshua, he called him the minister of Moses. And I'm not going to go into it. It's not my burden tonight. But you read verse 6, you read verse 7, you read verse 9, and thank God you can see the courage of the servants. And I say for anybody and everybody that's ever served the Lord, thank God He's given us some promises. Amen. Can I get a witness right Amen. there? Oh, the courage of the servants. And uh, in verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people thou uh, shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And I want to say that, that we have a courage that's connected to the land. Yeah, this is a 30 minute message. I'm going to cover it in 10 seconds. Thank God you and I have a land that we're headed for and it's been sworn unto us. There is a heavenly land and that's where, that's where your daddy is and your granddaddy and your best friend and one of my mentors. Thank God a wonderful Lord let Brother John look over the balcony this week just to let him know that his labor was not in vain. Thank God. There's a heavenly land and it's been sworn to us. Abraham was looking for a city. Mm. And then there's a hallowed land. That's Israel. You better believe that's what's going on in the world tonight. Thank God. Now listen. Uh, oh, look at me. Just wanting to preach all that. Mm. Mm. That hallowed land. Mm. I'm kind of glad our president didn't get in. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad all the nations gone communist now. The daddy in me don't like it. Right. The American in me don't like it. But the believer in me doesn't hurt those yeah. men in the seventies and eighties. Then when you see these things begin to happen, lift up your head and look for your redemption. Thank God, Israel ain't got a friend left in this world, honey. But she don't need one. She's got a friend in another world. Amen. 
there's a hallowed land and we're heading over there. That pastor I was with the last three weeks, he'd been to Israel and boy, he was bubbling over. And the other boy with him, they'd been to Israel. Two, they tried to tell me about it. And, and I just, I've had six trips offered to me, paid for. And uh, I just put my energy in Albanian, Uganda and places, you know. But uh, I, I, I just can't get excited about going because I know I am. <laughs> and I don't want to see it when Muslims have their mosques and there's carvings and I don't want to see it when Catholics have their cathedrals and their lives and I don't want to see it when Judaizers are bobbing their head with the locks and their little things and down there at the welling wall breaking my heart because they're praying and they don't need to he already came the first time and he's coming the second time I'd rather wait to go to Jerusalem when I can say hey Moses Moses, hey Elijah, Timothy, Titus, fist bump, Tim, amen. I want to see Mark and Luke and John. I want to see Isaiah and Daniel. I want to see my mamma and my papa and my grandma. Thank God. I'd rather go with y'all on the same road. Yes, sir. I'd rather say, hey, December 10th. Yeah. Kurt, let's go. I'd rather get David in one arm and Jamie in another, yeah. Brother Jamie, yeah. and get him and say, let's go down to the river. Look, there goes Brother Tom, there, there, Brother John, and then they're going to get there running, look at them running. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Thank God I'd rather wait until I see y'all there. Yeah. Glorified body. Okay, see, there's a courage connected to the land that's been sworn to us. And in verse 7, there's a courage connected to the law. You read that for yourself. And in verse 9, and in verse 9, there's a courage connected to the Lord. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is. I've done me a little word study. I ain't going to tell you what I found. Do your own. But i tell you what I got out of it. Be not afraid. That's of the future. Neither be thou dismayed. That's of the past. Don't be disappointed with things that have gone wrong. Uh, and don't be afraid of what might go wrong. Come on, preacher. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of the past. For the Lord thy God is. Your past ain't coming back. Your future's never going to get here. But somebody's in the middle of your today. The Lord thy God is. There's the courage of the servants. Then you move on to chapter 2 and see verse 1. There's the courage of the spies. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly. Well, I'm just going to give you a ten-second commentary on them. It took courage for them spies. But I'm going to say something to you. Them spies. Now, y'all better get this first time around because I'm moving quickly now. Two men went and knocked on the sinner's door. And they said to her, it's just us today. But our king's coming in a little while with the whole army. Yeah. 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 
Y'all ain't helping me. Don't make me throw a flaming mosquito bucket at you. I'm going to run it by you again. Two men snuck into town and knocked on the sinner's door. They said, it's just us today, but our captain's taking this whole thing over. You'll get that scarlet cord and hang it out that window. And whoever you can get in the house, when we come again, you'll be saved. Amen. And took courage for them spies to go do what they did. Number three, there's the courage of the scarlet cord. It held them boys the first time, and they said, we're pretty sure it'll hold the second time. Amen. It held us getting in, it'll hold you getting out. Come on, y'all. I can't preach five sermons. Okay, I'll give you another chance to redeem yourself. Sorry, low-down, lukewarm Americans. Let me try it again. That scarlet cord represents the blood. It held them when they were coming in, and it'll hold you when you're going out. Amen. And and the blood still works. Then there's the courage of the sinner. And do you see Rahab? Oh, it took she stood against the whole town, the whole city, the whole empire, if you would. And thank God it took courage for her. By faith the harlot Rahab received the spies with peace. Amen. And she believed, thank God. Oh, I love that Rahab. Mmm, son, she's over there in Hebrews 11. Yeah. On a Gentile got snuck in there. Uh-huh. Hebrews in the 11th chapter. Y'all ain't talking to me. Amen. Come on. I'm a dropping nugget. I'm dropping them quick. I know. There are two women in that Hebrews 11. Sarah, represent the mother of the Jews. Rahab, the mother of the Gentiles. There's Israel and the church. And only two brides in that, in that hall of faith over there. Israel and the church. Oh my. Then you go on down. There's a courage in chapter 3 of the steps. The steps they took. Those men that... Are you whistling or is this... Is this? Is that doing it? It's the monitor. They bear that ark, and somebody had to take that first step into that flooded Jordan. Some father back there had to tell his family, We're going with God. Y'all follow me. Some mama had to tell the children, Y'all follow me. They were told to stay stay in pace with that ark. Uh And somewhere, somebody all through there had to take the first step. Oh, thank God for them steps that are along the way. Along the way, the courage of those steps. And then there's the courage of the stones. You remember they stacked 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. 12 stones on the other side of the Jordan. Said one day your children will come back here and they'll need courage and they'll take courage. When they see these monuments, what are those doing here? Well, let me tell you a story. God is on our side. Amen. The courage of those stones. And then there's some more as we go on through, but I've come to what I want to look at. And there's the courage of the sword. Are y'all in chapter 5? I've been up here now about 17 minutes. Aren't you glad I know that? <laughs> love to offer peace and consolation to Baptist all across America. A lot of times it's a false peace I offer. 
They say, he knows how long he's been up there. Maybe he's nearly through. Maybe. You never know. In Joshua chapter 5, I love this. Let me show you four things real quickly here. And oh, I love that verse 13. Isn't this one of them banner passages that went that God's people have shouted to all these years? I'm in chapter 5 verse 13. Joshua was looking at Jericho. Do you see chapter 6 verse 1? Now Jericho! Oh, them great walls of Jericho. So in chapter 5 verse 13, and it came to pass. When Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And so when I came to this chapter, I seen the courage of the sword. If y'all will come with me quickly, I'll walk through it quickly, and I think God will help us. The courage of the sword. Don't you know that encouraged Joshua that day? The way this little thing played out. Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Nay. I like how the Lord don't answer our questions. He said, no. Are you for us or for them? No. The old black preacher said he wasn't there to take sides. He was there to take over. Joshua got out of them. She got got to the shoes off, bowed down. Don't you, I'd have been relieved that the Lord showed up to take over this situation. Oh, and I got great courage from that sword. That the Lord's finally showed up. Amen. We lived in Tunnel Hill, Georgia one year. It's where we're from, between churches. Dad pastored in Missouri and pastored in Tennessee. One year we was there at Rogers Lane. Woo, roughnecks, rednecks, half of them was my cousins, found out later. <laughs> Second and third, all oh, they were everywhere. That's a rough little neighborhood. I come along here, my little brother was in a fight by a boy bigger than him, Jason was. And so I, I got to knocking that fella around, got to whoop, then his big brother showed up, got to knocking me around. I felt pretty big when I came upon that little tussle like a, that little fella long blonde hair and a shirt off and I just smacked him twice and you know boy it was I was feeling pretty stout about that and then his big brother come along and got to roughing me up but this ain't going good and then, then I heard and that black 66 Pontiac station wagon slid aside and my dad hopped out good thing because his two cousins were coming Philip and Randy and Philip was 22 and big and they were coming after me to help that brother whoop me. But my dad slid in behind us and the biggest man on the block got out. And I didn't, and I didn't see him. They all started running. I'm like, okay, I didn't know I was winning, but boy, this, yeah, you boys better get on there, son. I'm loving it. Oh, my kung fu, Dave Carradine coming out. Me. Sorry if you missed the 70s, you missed a lot. The Kung Fu Cowboy catch a bullet and a frog at the same time, you know, and make stew out of it. He was a great guy. But, uh, but my daddy come up behind him. And he come out of there and he grew up with a boy. He grew up and he come out and they all went to run. So I was thinking, that must have been what Joshua felt like. Looking at that great old big Jericho. And then the Lord shows up. The Lord shows up. What courage it must have given him. He got on his face. The courage of the sword. I got to look in here and I seen four blades in this chapter. I seen four of them. Let me show them to you. 
Come over here to chapter 5 and it's in verse 2. Well, there's some sharp knives. Huh. I call this a sharp blade. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. It had been 40 years since they'd done this. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskin. This is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness. By the way, after they came out of Egypt, now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, then they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord and to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore to their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey and their children whom he raised up in their stead them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way and it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole and the Lord said unto Joshua I read all that on purpose this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you? I was interested. There's a great old big popular sword at the end of this chapter. We've all shouted about it. But this chapter started with little custom made knives. Sharp knives. I want to say this to you. Until you and I can take small custom made blades and cut our own flesh and deal with our own secret lives, until we can put a little blade on ourselves, God ain't going to pull the big blade on the enemy. That's good. God, I can say that better. Y'all just looking at me. Brother, this thing ends with the Lord pulling the sword on their enemy, but it started with them pulling the blade on their self. Come on. I got news for you. God ain't going to put a sword on your enemy until you put a knife on yourself. What are you talking about, preacher? And we know there's symbolism here in some of these physical rituals that God had given the Jews. But I want to say to y'all, there are giants in our land. There are giants in our lives. God's the only one can whoop them. But He ain't going to pull a sword on your giant until you pull a blade on yourself. Amen. That means I've got to put the Word of God in my own heart, in my own life, and deal with things in my own private life, in my flesh, that old man of flesh. And if we'll deal with ourselves, God will deal with our enemy. And until that happens, they're going to be the reproach of Egypt. That's good. Sharp blades. It's connected to the second thought, sheathed blades. You see the men of war in verse 6? And, and do you see in verse 7? And they, Those men of war never went to war. Forty years ago, they looked over at them giants and they sheathed their swords. The men who would not pull a sword on the enemy would also not put the blade to their son, to their son. That's right. I've noticed men that won't tackle their giants won't train their children. Well, 
I need to get a little help. Yeah, right. say it again. Men who won't sanctify the land that God gave us, neither will they sanctify the children God gave us. Amen. I want to say something to us. I'm proud of my three. Y'all did real good a while ago. Yeah. That's the first time I've heard that first song. That's good. That Jennifer been telling me about it. Y'all done good singing right between two of my favorite groups in the world. Yeah. So my three favorite groups sang tonight. Now me, Jody, and Kurt are working on the trio, but that's just going to be special for special moments. Jim's going to join us. Bless you, Lord. It's going to be real special. Then. Then three said, my son and my two daughters. Tell you something. The reason most people don't have any authority in their home, they don't have any authority in their life. Amen. Amen. That's good. They've not pulled that Bible on the giants that are in their life, and they neither can they pull out a scripture and put it on their children. That's good. Y'all ain't helping me. If you ain't in obedience to God, your youngins ain't going to have a spirit of obedience to you. Oh, look at me wanting to plow. Yeah. Okay, believe a will. My own preacher. The man's the head of the home. And, and, and the woman's been given those children. Brother, there is a... There is, uh, Corinthians 11, God's the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. The man's the head of the woman. And the woman's got them children. And what we've done in this hour... Is flip the whole thing. Men have told Jesus, you're not going to be my master. You're telling it right, brother. And then a spirit of disobedience moves in and, the, and that woman says, you ain't going to tell me nothing. And then them children run the whole outfit and they don't let nobody tell. Honey, when the children are telling mama and mama's telling daddy and daddy's telling Jesus off, this thing's flipped backwards. There ain't going to be no power in our church houses if there ain't no power in our personal houses. And God ain't going to pull a sword out on your enemy if you don't at least take a little blade and take it in your house. These movies need to be cut out of your house. These music need to be cut out of your house. These amusement <laughs> that need to be cut out of your house. Yeah. The wrong kind of friends need to be cut out of your children's life. Yeah. It's up to you, sir, to sanctify your home and separate your children. The men who would not put the sword on their enemy would not put the blade on their children. I need a little help in here. Mm. They had neglected. That's why I read all the verses. They neglected to circumcise their own children and it started when they neglected to sanctify their own land. Their home, that, would, that, that promised land was their home and they would not pull the sword on their enemy and they wouldn't put the blade on their own children. The circumcision of the eighth day. Oh, their sharp knives and their sheathed knives. I want to say to me and you tonight, brother, I need the Lord to show up. Yes, sir. Amen. Brother Triplett, don't we have our missionaries in six countries, heading to six countries? I need God to pull a big old sword out. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, listen. 2022, I got full plans setting up that tent 
that belonged to Oliver B. Green. And if the Lord will let me live by His grace and humbly as I know how, I'm going to set that tent up and have a national camp meeting if the Lord tarries His coming till I'm 70 or 80. Can I get a witness? I need the Lord. There's 10 million little Albanian kids. Come on. That's Aaron Wilson's prayer. He said, I said, missionaries, what are y'all praying for? Aaron Wilson said, I'm praying for the day. I hear a choir of 10,000 Albanian children singing, I'm not going to hell. Hey, 25 million little orphans in Uganda walk in the muddy streets with bare feet and they're kind and they'll agree with whatever anybody tells them. I need God to pull a sword out in that land. Japan is cold and hard. Demonic, something's really, really, really wrong there. But we got over there in the pulpit and got to praying. Me and my old missionary from South Carolina and a young man from uh, Michigan. Mama's a French Canadian. And we got locked arms and we somehow got to praying in the Holy Ghost that God would send a hundred preacher boys from the Carolinas into Japan with Holy Ghost fire. I need the Lord to show up and pull a sword. Y'all know Jonathan Williams. We've teamed up with him in them Panamanian jungles February a year ago over there in them Panamanian. And y'all have seen God saving all them little brown-skinned people. Jonathan starting churches left and right and hauling truckloads of food up on mountain bridges and villagers are coming down. And we a baptized them in the river and wasn't even supposed to have church. Yeah. We need God to pull a sword. Come with me to our American churches and see the shape we're in. We're in an hour. We never have been in. Things are different right now. I'll tell you what's happened. Men of God, I'll tell you what's happened. What I've seen. This is what I've seen. Eighty percent of our churches, Corona, killed them. It's because they did not have enough in them. They didn't have enough spirituality in them. 20, but the 20% that didn't kill, they are thriving. They are th- 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 thriving. They're exploding with power. The 20% that didn't kill, are, look, here, look around here this way. Look around here this way. Look around here this way. You ain't got to go 50 years ago to find a story where they were praying in the pine trees and laying in the grass. Let's go back to Tuesday night. I ain't got to get a singer to tell me about his grandpa's rock altar. And I seen somebody praying on it a while ago. Uh-huh. Can I get a witness right hey, there? Oh, dear neighbor, come with me across the country. I need the Lord to draw a sword, but I can't expect God to do miracles. When I got a little blade in my hand, yeah. come on now. And he's telling me, you know what I want. You know what you. You know. Yeah. I'll be sitting here waiting. Huh. And maybe not waiting that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. May let you go fall on your own sword if you refuse to use uh-huh. that sharp knife. You're right. Y'all ain't helping me. Yes, right. These sharp knives and these sheath swords. But oh, if God would help us to take a sharp knife to ourselves and unsheath that sword and put it on our enemies. And our sons follow us in the battle and the reproach of Egypt rolled off of us. 
Mm. Come on, preacher. Y'all need to talk to me now. Yeah. Good. Oh, the average Baptist church. Forget all your Protestant churches that come out of the Roman Catholic uh, Church. Forget all them. Yeah. Let's just talk about us. Come on. Us. The average Baptist church got the reproach right. of Egypt all over. Yeah. You got more of a hireling than you got a pastor. Right. The average Baptist church. True. You wouldn't say most if you had a mouthful. Yeah. It ain't a preacher's job to make everybody perfect. But it's a preacher's job to punch the devil in his mouth when the devil's sitting in his congregation. Somebody said, I'm afraid that hard preaching. And we're not talking about harsh preaching. But we're talking about good, hard preaching. It ain't never knocked people out of church. Holy Ghost hard. Hellfire and brimstone hot, red hot. Bam! It ain't never knocked people out of church. It knocks devils out of the building. And for the first time, most sinners blink twice and say, Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I at? What's going on with me? Thank God a preacher knocked the devil off of him long enough. Long enough. Long enough just to say, Oh, I'm in a mess. I mean, God. I feel God. I believe God's in this place. Them devils get knocked out, honey. Most sinners are dying, go to hell, going to the average Baptist church because it's a stronghold of every foul devil. Y'all help him get a swallow, a truckload of gravel, and a steel railroad track of spine and get the fire of Paul and the vigor of Peter and the and the vision of a D.L. Moody and the energy of a Billy Sunday and the study of a Spurgeon and the heart of a Gurnall and the and the fire of a Sam Joe. Y'all help him get full of God and just burn that place down over there. And I'll tell you what'll happen. Sinners about have a place where they can come and get saved. Saints will have a place they can come and get revived. Sheep will have a place they can come and be fed. It's some little hireling twenty his thumb worry about what three grumpy grannies and two yeah. charter members and one boss deacon and four carnal women he needs to get past every one of them you ought to help him get past all that where he can preach in power and in glory yeah. unsheathe them sword take your sons into war Americans are spoiled and lazy and grossly indulgent in Israel, they all got to go in the military. Every hey. one of them. Hey. You talk about combat ready and battle hardened and growed up before their time. You better be glad you know what's beyond them is China. Uh-huh. Them Russians are just full of devils. They ain't got enough sense to clue with anybody. Them Chinese. That 200 million man army, you better believe that's showing up in the tribulation. You better yes, believe they're coming this way already. Yeah. Discipline from childhood. Yeah. yeah. The average Baptist is like the average American. 
silly, spoiled, shallow, grossly indulgent, and petty, and whiny. Y'all ain't talking to me. I done read the phrase, men of war. And getting your sons ready. Oh, I like him last two swords. What verse do you see Passover? Is that verse 14? That's verse 10. Verse 10. Children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover. <laughs> there was a blade pulled that day. They had to take in blades and cut that lamb's throat and the blood of the lamb had to be shed. Are y'all with me? Y'all got three minutes to look at these last two swords? In verse 14, there was a, watch this, watch this. I feel a happy bubble coming on. There was a, there was a small blade pulled <coughs> pulled on the lamb. And then a few verses later, Joshua pulled the sword on the land. Well, I'm going to say something. Expect y'all to be running ahead of me. Come on. There is a blade that was pulled on the lamb. But before the chapter's out, there is a blade pulled on the land. Is anybody seeing the first coming and the second coming? Zechariah, don't turn there unless you want to. It's chapter 12 or chapter 14, last mention of sword in the Old Testament. Awake, O sword, and, and to, the, to, the, to the shepherd. Oh, I can't quote it. I've been hanging out with these carnal folks in America. I had to read my Bible. can't quote nothing. Visited Brother David this morning. He gossiped all morning. Got me way out of it. I mean, I contributed a little, but it was him most of the time. We weren't talking about you. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Help me if you can, God. Oh, this is the Bible I don't preach out of. Where is it in Zechariah where he pulled that sword? Oh, there it is. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. This same verse says, Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Who do y'all think they's talking about? That's what Jesus quoted to the disciples the night that they fled. And guess what's in the previous verse, Brother Phil? Zechariah 13, y'all read it when you go to that, verse 6. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then shall he answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. What about that? At the end of the Old Testament, the sword is called upon to awaken. First mention of a sword is there when them two cherubim that you sang about tonight, Holy! Holy, holy seraphim to chair being placed at that place where man was expelled from God's presence with flaming swords. You can't get in no more. I believe there was a rock altar there. I've got a Bible pattern for that. I believe that's where Cain and Abel came to meet with God. At the door where they were expelled. I believe it's where Adam did his business with God. I believe Cain and Abel knew to go there because their daddy instructed them. Yeah. Brother, those sword 
One of the Old Testament mysteries. Where is the tree of life? Where is the garden of Eden? Could we even find it? Could we even see it now? Them two cherubim. Abel was put to death by brother Cain. Was put out from the presence of the Lord. No record of him ever dying. He might still be walking <coughs> over in the east. Oh, neighbor. Old Dr. Billy Canoa believed he was the Antichrist. He'd come back to his own. Went to his own place. So did Judas Iscariot. Oh, that sword. And you get to the end of the old and the Lord's talking about the wounds in his hands. And the Lord's talking about the shepherd will be smitten. And he said, awake, O sword. Against my shepherd. I want to tell you, John was baptized and seen Jesus come and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Right. And there was a sword that was pulled on the Lamb. But I want to thank God that is not how our story ends. Because before you get out of the chapter, look, I nearly ran just then. Before you get out of the chapter, the sword is pulled on the Lamb. Uh-huh. And I tell you, that's the hour we live in. Amen. The Lord's fixing to come down. Amen. I read Revelation 19, and out of His mouth proceedeth a sharp sword, a double-edged sword. Honey, when the heavens roll back and He's coming after Jerusalem, the unholy trinity's gathered around the beast, the false prophet, the Antichrist. I know who they are. Joel Osteen and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Or maybe Jane Fonda and Nancy Pelosi. we got a lot to choose from. Did I say Jane Fonda? We're all mad at her. Oh, dear neighbor, i got news for you. In a little while, the heaven's going to roll back like yes, sir. The nations will be gathered against Jerusalem. Out of his mouth going to proceed that sword. Armies on white horses behind him. <laughs> oh, and here he comes, that sword. I love the second coming in this passage. Jericho. The Jericho walls, you can see the second coming. You can see it right there. Verse 3 of Joshua 6. said, go around for six days. Huh. What about they marched around them walls for six days? Y'all reckon that's the six days of creation? Y'all reckon that's the 6,000 years, the day of the Lord, a thousand years, a thousand years a day? You reckon this is a picture of God's people carrying the ark, the blood, the mercy, the witness, the glory around the world while the world looked down on us for 6,000 years? Yeah. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Uh-huh. And on the seventh day, she blowed seven times. Right. Can I get a witness right there? Yeah. The walls came down and what did the people of God do? What did the people of God do? If I had more Bible, I'd tell you. Oh, there it is. It's in verse 5 of Joshua 6. And it should come to pass. Now, I skip verse 4. There's a bunch of sevens and sevens and sevens. Seven trumpets, seventh day, seven times. Huh, seven priests. Huh, four sevens in one verse. Huh, verse 4. Huh, four sevens in verse 4. Huh, four is number of the earth. Seven, 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 seven. That's a book of Revelation. And what happens in verse 5? There's a long blast with a ram's horn. And you hear the sound of the trumpet. And all the people shout with a great shout. Y'all ain't helping me. There's a trumpet, a shout, and a great shout. And the wall's going to fall 
flat, what are God's people going to do? Two words I'm looking for in there. Thank you, Brother Kirk. Stay with God. He'll give you a beautiful, godly wife. I feel it. I feel it in the air. I see it. I'm a prophet. I can just see it. He'll give you a beautiful, godly wife. Mm. Ascend. Y'all see it? Underline it. The people of the Lord shall ascend up. I don't know how to tell y'all this, but we face it too. Ascend up. There was a sword pulled on our lamb 2,000 years ago. And on Calvary's cross he bled. But the lamb's fixing to pull a sword out on this world. Here in just a little while. I want our pianist to come. There's been an appeal made for sanctification tonight. be appeal made for salvation last night and again tonight. Look at me before we come around this altar. I'm going to leave this meeting with the sermon that God gave me. At the end of the year 2020, I was on an old-fashioned altar over in Alabama. Corona changed everything. Think on this, Pastor, and tell me later if you find anything different for the dairy bear. Corona is the only thing since Noah's flood that covered the entire face of the earth. Every little hut in Africa, every little hamlet in Switzerland, every little red outback in Australia. There ain't nowhere it ain't went. It's the only thing since Noah's flood that's covered the face of the earth. And it's much much bigger than politics and it's much bigger than a virus. It's, It's prophetic. I got on my knees at the end of this year and I said, Lord... I was on an altar with a hundred men. Sunday morning service. I said, Lord, would you save those that are closest to hell? He said, no. I'll be saving those that are closest to heaven. and they're dropping in. Drawing power backed off the Gentiles since the two world wars, the rebirth of Israel, that drawing power has gone to the Jew. I'm not going to quit the Great Commission not until the moment it calls us home. Jude ends with the Great Commission. But that drawing power has gone back to the Jew. I said, Lord, would you save those that are closest to hell? He said, no, they're going on in. And so am I. I'm going in. We'll be grabbing those closest by. Noah's ark's fixing to close. 
Lot couldn't get nobody but the two daughters in the house with him. And I don't even know how that was working. Snatched those closest to him. The hour that we live, he's a saving those that are closest to a preacher, closest to a Bible, closest to an altar, closest to a praying grandma. I'm afraid the rest of them are just about left to their self. I know God can do a miracle. Don't you give up on that. But I'm telling you the order of this hour. The world's heading on into hell. They're heading up against Jerusalem. Communism taking over on every hand. America's been one of the most special nations outside of Italy, but the most special in the history of civilizations. It has to do with our timing in God's program. It has to do with the Bible, the church, the missionaries, and Israel. But she's done. Stick a fork in her, she's done. And I ain't a bit worried about it. Those of you hollering and caring about on about God save America. I passed her long enough to figure out everybody was at them Patriot rallies, what none of them at the prayer rallies. I had several of them trying to save America. I couldn't get them up on soul winning or visitation night. If I'd have offered them a thousand dollars, I couldn't get them there. One man said this the Constitution is my mother and this Bible is my father. I like to smack it out of his hand. How dare you take any earthly document and put it on the same level with God's great, holy, eternal, infallible word. All the documents in the archives in D.C. put together will burn up in a flash in a moment. My word's forever settled in heaven. No comparison. That's right. The hour that we live in, He's coming. You better grab those closest to you. You better grab a burden for those closest to you. We'll walk out of this meeting praying, watching and waiting. Let's bow our heads. Stand to our feet. <laughs> Be alright to close this meeting by coming around praying for the lost. Praying for the lost. The music will suffice tonight just to play the piano. You want to come pray for the lost? If you need to be saved, come to Christ. Jesus is pleading. Are you here without Christ? Are you yet in your sins? Do you want to come and be saved? Come pray for the lost.
earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is pleading. Are you lost without Christ? Say, come. 